This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. Welcome back to Previously on Lost. This is episode number 31, the other 48 days. What happened to our group of tailies? Uh, we don't know. We're going to find out what happened to them this whole time here on this episode. But I cannot do it by myself, and if I did, it would be boring. So I have with me Corey. What is going on, my friend? What's up, Mike? Um yeah, I'm just uh, enjoying my own 48 days. It's more like 48 hours of a heat wave, but uh, it's all right. Yeah. How are you, how, how are you guys doing? <laughs> Blistering good. Of the summer. <laughs> Steven, how are you, bud? I'm doing good. I was considering uh, taking a 40-day break from talking, but I didn't figure that would really work very well on the podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry guys, we're taking a forty-day break. Uh, vows of silence. Do Do you guys ever wonder why they never got like sunburnt on the island? I always I always wondered that. Well, I think well, they give all the contestants sunscreen. Oh wait, no, that is true. Wait, I, I think I'm I'm confused. I I know I, I know there was some. <laughs> There was some sunscreen being bartered around in the golf game, so there must be some floating around somewhere on the no. All right, all right. Well, I am Mike. That was Corey. That was Steven. We're going to get started here in just a second, but I, I put something out on Twitter earlier um, to say if there's any other lost podcasts to kind of uh, give us a shout-out so we can – or let me know they're there so we can give them a shout-out here on the podcast ourselves – um, so I just, you know, I, I want to I wanna give a couple shout-outs to a couple other Lost Podcasts, because why not build the freaking community, right? Who knew that uh, there was this, like, resurgence of Lost Podcasts in I know. the year 2020 or the last few years? There's actually quite a few. And I'm going to have to say, though, I have not watched, like, I haven't listened to everybody's Lost Podcasts. So if I haven't listened to them, I'm sorry ahead of time. So... Uh, let's see. Lost in the Lockdown, which is Lost Podcast from UK. It's a UK podcast that talks about the flight, Oceanic Flight. Um, here's one, the Lost and Drunk podcast. That would ought to be funny to listen to. Um, let's see, give them a shout out. They were on Twitter as well. Um, of course, we're our Lost Rewatch. Um, let's see. Now, Lost and Drunk could mean something else. That is true. Lost. Is that how they do their podcast? They go, they have someone guide them out in the woods and blindfold them, leave them there with only a bunch of booze, and then they record the episode talking about Lost. That would be great. We're going to have to verify this. We're going to talk with the the Lost and Drunk crew and see how they do it. What we ought to do is try to get one of these groups on with us. Even if they are drunk, just have... (laughs) the sober and the drunk ones on the episode <laughs> no uh let me see uh no love lost podcast and the hatch 
podcast. They're on Twitter as well. I have uh, I have listened to a little bit of the Hatch. Pretty good. And uh, I, I it's really good. And I I've interacted a little bit with uh, some of them on Twitter here and there. And uh, yeah, really good. Awesome. Uh, now now this one is not a podcast, but it's called the Others Lost Band. They're on Twitter as well. Uh, this guy wrote a song for almost every episode from seasons three through six that are available on Spotify. So that was pretty cool. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> three through six. That's like 50 some episodes, right? I know. Or so 60? they kind of like really they, they took it, man. They did it. I loved it. It's great. So, hey, there's your shout out. If you guys don't want to just continue to keep listening to us, you can listen to them as well, or you can listen to us too, because why not? And because yeah. um, we're only we're only doing like one episode biweekly, so they may you know you could probably get a couple episodes in. I think there's another. Go ahead. Uh, sorry, I said there there is another lost podcast out there, the Aficionados, and I I did do an episode with them of season two the 23rd Psalm episode. So there is another podcast with me in it floating around out there with the aficionados. They, they're really a couple really funny ladies that uh, have a really great podcast. Yep. Nice. I, well, love I was going to say, I think, I think when you're watching lost, you have to try to recreate uh, lost fandom. If you can, by watching the episode, going to Lostpedia spending about three hours reading stuff on there, then watching the episode a few more times and then listen to about five podcasts and then, you know, anticipate the next episode. That's just, I think the best way to do it in my opinion. If oh, you have okay. that time, <laughs> I'm being kind of sarcastic here, but uh, nobody has the time anymore for anything. The amount of time I spent on Lostpedia though was uh, unfathomable <laughs> looking back. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I spent a lot of time on Lostpedia. Yeah. Like, oh, there's that. Oh, that thing was never solved. Yes, it was. No, it wasn't. Oh, man. That was good. That was good. Hey, and again, guys, you can find all of our shows on RetroZap.com. So keep keep those things in mind, too, guys, as well. Um, let's see. So, oh, why you guys want to go ahead and dig into the other 48 days? Let's do it. Absolutely. All right. All right. So this is days one to 48 on the island. There was no previously on loss, but this is going to encompass every day from one to 48 um, on the uh, on the island for the Taylor section. So, Corey, tell us a little bit about this episode. All right, guys. Well, this is season two, episode seven, the other 48 days, of course. It aired on November 16th, 2005. It was directed by Eric Lonneville and written by Damon Lindelof and Carl. And in this episode, the entire episode is a flashback showing what happened to the survivors of the tail section of Oceanic Flight 815 from the moment of the crash right up until the present day on the island. Finding out that she has survived a terrible plane crash, Ana Lucia Cortez becomes the de facto leader of the eclectic group of survivors. However, the newly formed community is put through extreme stress as they become targeted in attacks by the strange indigenous individuals on the island, also known as the Others. Stephen, do you have some, some factoids for us about this? 
All right, got some episode facts. This is the first episode not to feature Jack Shepard and Hugo Reyes, played by Matthew Fox and Jorge Garcia. Prior to this, they had been the only people to have appeared in every episode. This is the Dang. first episode. Yeah, they, that, with, their, their loss was felt in this episode. Mm-hmm. The, the first episode did not feature any flashbacks from before the plane crash. Um, this is the last episode to feature the Arrow station. This is the first episode of the series to be based entirely on the island. Um, Josh Holloway only appears in archive footage. And this was Maggie Grace's last main cast credit as Shannon until the final episode, the end. She was credited as a special guest star in the next episode. <laughs> no love. No special love for dead Maggie guess. Grace. <laughs> She didn't even move either. She just kind of laid there. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, That's they, so terrible. It couldn't be that much fun as an actress to have to, for three episodes straight, you're playing dead. I mean, that had to get kind of kind of old. just Or technically get shot, like, twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or three times. <laughs> oh, bless her heart. She'll be okay, though. She'll walk out of this. She, she's a trooper. Uh... Anyways, thank you for that. All right, so let's talk about this uh, episode, guys. Uh, so, as far as episode moments go, um, yeah, this is—I mean, it had some good moments. Um, me and Corey may disagree a little bit on this. I don't feel like it—it it w- I didn't feel like it moved the story along very well. Um, it just kind of gave us a different perspective, I would say, but it didn't really move the overall main story of the show and a lot of shows are really big for this back in the day. They weren't as big now, but they would do like a really big cliffhanger episode and then go do something completely different and come back two weeks later to finish off, you know, that big cliffhanger moment. I hate it when shows did that because I just hated when shows did that. <laughs> you know, that, that is actually a pretty fair criticism. I think you know, when at the time when I watched this, I actually felt the same exact way. And I remember not really liking this episode because you you're left on the cliffhanger where Shannon gets shot. You want to see what is the aftermath. And then they make you yeah go two weeks and watch this whole in-depth flashback um, about the woman that you're pissed off at. You know, I mean, <laughs> uh, you're mad at Anna Lucia for for shooting Shannon and the way she's acted in, uh, you know, much of the previous episode, and then we're forced to uh, sympathize for her and for everybody else in the group. So it's it's a little frustrating as a viewer, I think, when you when you first watch it, especially when you're waiting those weeks for the episodes to air. Right. Anything from uh, you over there, Stephen? Well, yeah, I I had kind of a different experience with this set of episodes we're going through now, I actually started watching the show with, uh, the 23rd Psalm episode, Mr. Echoes episode. Um, so at the time, you know, I, I saw that episode and then watched it going forward. So I didn't actually watch this set of episodes until after the end of this season. So I kind of already knew the tailies and kind of where that ended up. So I thought this was really interesting, you know, finding out, like I really enjoyed finding out, you know, the, what happened with them and, you know, where they came from. And 
I, I was always a big fan of the tailies and I, I thought this was a really good episode. Yeah. And having, having said what I did, I don't want it to sound like I was saying this is, this is bad. Actually, I was um, agreeing with Mike in part on the fact that it doesn't really move the, the immediate story of season two, you know, the story that we have of, of basically the others and, um, and the survivors and, the people trying to get back to the camp, you know, it doesn't move that along any, anymore, but it does have a lot of interesting stuff about the entire, entire series that we have going on here, where we learn a bit about Goodwin and we learn, not that we're learning a ton of, of great solid information, but kind of anecdotal <laughs> story, but like these small stories about the others, like this is the first time I believe that we get a mention of, of a list, a list of names um, unless Ethan had a list. I'm not sure if Ethan did have a list. Uh, I think I may be wrong with that, but I think the lists come into play um, in season two and then season three. So uh, I think this is the first that we see of that. And then we also, of course, like with Steven saying, we get like this great backstory of all the tailies and that, then that will later come into play and will be, um, we'll have things added to it and it brings significance to the stuff that happens with the rest of those characters, um, back at the hatch and the, uh, the beach, you know, because as soon as we learn the story about Anna Lucia, it changes our perspective on her. And then we get immediately get, uh, next step. The next episode is her first, um, flashback. And so it, it really changes the dynamic going forward after this, though. I, I get what you're saying about, it doesn't move that immediate that story immediately forward. Well, I feel like this is to kind of we had earlier in the season like a three episode clump of stories when it, to start the season where they went down into the hatch and we didn't really have forward momentum. We just saw different views of G Jack going in the hatch, Locke, Kate going down into the hatch. I feel like we're in the same kind of three episode clump here where we're at this moment when the two camps meet Shannon is shot and we just spend a lot of time, you know, we spend really three episodes, not really moving forward. Um, so th th that's definitely true, but I, I the good stuff is happening. Okay. All right. Well, you know, I, I do think good stuff is happening. Um, <laughs> like the Jesus dick finally arriving. <laughs> oh yes. The legendary Jesus stick. I, I love the, this episode is really just an origin story for the Jesus stick. And it, the way he grabs it is great. It's like, it's like the most supple, like strong, healthy looking stick you could find. It, it's interesting. Cause you know, you see it's like dead and lo old looking, when we're first introduced to it, but he gets it. It's like this fresh piece of, of wood that's still alive. Good, pretty good choice. Uh, well, let's see. We got the <laughs> army knife. We got the He's army like, knife no too. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Move on. Well, well, you know, we let's let's hop back to the um, let's hop back to the to the list. Um, did we ever find out? where this particular list came from. Was this a Ben list? Was this a, was this a Jacob list? Like we see lists a lot, but do we know where this I, list I, of, 
people. I think from. we do get the answer to this. I just can't remember. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't remember for sure. I, I didn't go oh. forward and rewatch. I'm sure it was somewhere in the uh, somewhere in season three. I'm sure we get this answer, but I I couldn't remember. Yeah, I can't remember where we got the list. I thought for sure that um, Ben saw the or, or was able to find out who was the manifest of the people on there, and he was able to give Goodwin the list when Goodwin went back. Um, this is probably that, a bit, probably a Ben list. Yeah, I think it's a Ben list. Yeah, well, we so. we do get a lot more information about Goodwin's side of the story in one of Juliet's flashbacks uh, sometime in season three. So that I, I like that part, and I like that you get to see, uh, you know, the, you get to see his, his uh, corpse again, you know, his, uh, <laughs> his final resting spot and Juliet, uh, you know, being a part of that. So it's really interesting that this, uh, this story does get well ingrained in the lost mythology, and it's definitely a part of it yeah, though like like you were saying Stephen, that ultimately th- these characters are so cool the tailies i love this this detailed backstory and they really don't end up sticking around for for very long so that's that's kind of sad but um i think you can still enjoy this other perspective that, that you get uh and you and you start to realize that you know everyone else that we've been following at the beach camp you know we they, they had it easy compared to these guys with with yeah. the the suffering that they had to go through. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely lets you see why they are the way they are. You know, we've, we've spent some time with them now through Michael and Sawyer and Jen. And, you know, now, we, now we finally, we finally get to see, you know, why they are the way they are. And it, it's, uh, you know, it makes a lot of sense now. Okay. So I have a random question for you guys. As okay. I was watching this episode, I started to think about like an alternate universe of of Lost, you know, in the Lost universe. What if Nathan had never been killed? Because this, okay, this is one of the few characters. There's not a lot of. There's a ton of survivors from the plane that we know nothing about because we just don't get their. We don't even really get a close up of their face. We don't know who they are. That's just how it is. But this is one of the few that we actually we actually. He has a name. He talks. He's a real character. There's a little bit to him, and that's it. Um, and it, it's different than like Nikki and Paulo, and, and so it's like one of those unique characters that is a real character, and then he dies. Nikki and Paulo. Um, is there an alternate universe? <laughs> Let's not talk about that. <laughs> an alternate universe where Nathan uh, survives, and and Good- Goodwin wouldn't let him go. But let's just say he got away. Do you think okay. that he he uh, will fit in with the the rest of the survivors? Does he make it back, or does he be, go off as like a lone ranger? Is he like a Rousseau two point Because he's definitely a loner. I've I've always found it hard to really you know put a finger on this guy who he is. Well, go I, ahead, Stephen. I, I I thought it I thought it was interesting when Libby said. She was, you know, she was creeped out by him, and I didn't really see anything he was doing as being creepy so much as it was Anna Lucia's questioning of him that I think kind of made everybody suspicious of him. 
And obviously Goodwin was kind of, you know, probably pulling the strings there. But, you know, Anna Lucia kept questioning him. And I think that's kind of what made everyone so suspicious. of. Like, I didn't think that the way he was acting was that weird, with the exception being, obviously, when he went off to the bathroom for a couple hours, um, the night that people disappeared. I mean, obviously, that it, it makes sense that people made that connection. And then I also noticed that when he was is on the plane, he said he had been in the bathroom for a couple hours. So apparently this guy liked to spend long bathroom breaks by himself, which I thought was kind of interesting. But other than that, I, I, I think he would have fit in with our, with our people. So, well, I remember this actor, he was in, I think he was in Ed, if you guys remember that show at all, <laughs> which I don't think has really um, aged very well. I don't hear people ever talk about that show, but uh, I used to watch it back in 2001 to four or whatever uh, with my parents, and it was all right. He was he was pretty funny. So I think this is a he's a pretty funny actor. I think it would have been interesting to see this guy end up with Hurley or interact with Locke. Like, I think there could be could have been some interesting relationships and uh, and moments there because he there are there's some funny people in Lost, but there's not a ton of comedic characters. No, but I think that this guy was the Taily version of Law of of Sawyer, and I think that would have been interesting to see how him and Sawyer really would have reacted together with one another. Um, I think there would have been some fighting. I think I just think it would have been funny to see him and Sawyer go at it. Um, but you know, he, I I really don't know. I think he, I think he would have struggled. Because you already see Sawyer start to mature, and I think this guy is the before maturing Sawyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but well, uh, he, but he's definitely a little bit of a loner too. He goes off on his own, and maybe he's going through some gastrointestinal uh, stress, and really that's why he was in the great. bathroom. I mean, I mean, I can't imagine his diet improved since he got on the island. He's just eating random fruit, and. Yeah, he maybe maybe wanted to walk and wander and explore a little bit. I don't get why they give him such a hard time. It's I I almost feel like if I was on the island, I would have done this. I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to the bathroom, and then be like, screw it, I'm gonna like explore in the jungle and, and see what's out here and 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 push it a little bit further than what people would want me to do. And yeah. I think that what it's interesting. Libby got a weird vibe from him because Libby is a Libby's, psychiatrist, Libby's right? Weird too. <laughs> but Libby, well, you think would be a good judge of character, and but Libby means, also ended up in the in the nut house too with Hurley. That's true, but that doesn't mean. I mean, at this point, she presumably is a. It, it seems like she's a um, working psychiatrist, so uh, she's she's not in the nut house anymore though we don't really get a flashback on her about what she's really up to in Australia. Um, but then the other, the other important thing that I think we hear later is when Goodwin is um, finally outed by Anna Lucia, Anna Lucia figures it out. She basically asks, so you, Oh, you killed Nathan, didn't you? And he says, Nathan was a very bad person. He basically says it's okay because it's interesting in this episode we're 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 getting to know the others and they're being painted as just pure evil, which 
is debatably true in some cases. But you learn that Goodwin is not that horrible of a person. And the other, most pretty much all the other people were taken, and, and I don't think they're killed. I think they're just, they join the others. They're forced to join, presumably, maybe not everybody. And um, Nathan is, is the one who's just killed willy-nilly. But before that, three of them had been killed. So it, at that point, it seems like the death count was more against the others. And so anyways, my point is that uh, you know, Goodwin isn't the worst person, but he has no remorse seemingly over killing Nathan as if he's a, is, is he just saying that to justify it or is like, or just has Jacob come down with, with the word and said, uh, this guy's really bad. There's some deep, dark secret about this, uh, you know, private Canadian. <laughs> That's all we really know about him. It's always the Canadians. I'm just private saying Canadian guys with stomach issues. Yes, maybe maybe he would have been um, maybe he would have been a prime candidate for the smoke monster to inhabit, and and that's why Jacob wanted him dead. Maybe there was something <laughs> corrupt in his heart, so that's why he went with Locke instead, and um, and possessed Locke by now. Um, but you know, you mentioned you mentioned something that you mentioned Anna Lucia finding out that Goodwin was one of the other people. When do you think it really clicked for her? Like, like when did you see her really change from trusting Goodwin to, okay, something's up with this guy? When do you think it changed? That's a great question. I was trying to figure that out while I, while I watched it, and I didn't really see a, like a single beat, or maybe I missed it. Usually, there, a lot of times there's like a moment where the camera, like, you know, turns or they jump to a close-up and there's something in the eye of the person where you know but i think they try to actually hide it from us so we don't see it coming but it has to be so he gets killed and they decide to move and that's when they discover the arrow and when they're in the arrow they find the transceiver transceiver uh and i'm pretty sure that so it has to do with his, it must be his reaction. There must have been That's something in the way that he reacted in the arrow and to the transceiver and maybe his desire to go off and use it by himself. That, you know, that definitely to us, like when you rewatch it, you can tell that Goodwin is lying about numerous things. But especially this part, it's really obvious. Let me take it. I'll go by myself. I'll climb way the heck up there. Uh, and then I'll conveniently drop it and break it, you know, whatever. <laughs> and oh, yeah. NOC is not buying that. What do you What do you guys think? Is that Is that Does that sound right? I, I think so. I think you're just about spot on there. I just I, I didn't think there was a set moment where you could definitely tell she thought he was up to no good. I think it just I think it just kind of hits you out of nowhere, like oh something's going on weird with this guy. Yeah, I think they want to. I don't think they want to tell us because they want it to be unclear like when they're cutting the mango steve what do you think and i i mean it could possibly be when nathan you know when she found out nathan was dead um i mean obviously she was pretty convinced it was him and you know possibly once once he turned up dead she probably started having you know having thoughts of maybe you know maybe i had the wrong guy here well well, they don't actually find him they just find that he's missing 
and oh that's that's right they don't well oh. well they they find he's missing but they knew that somebody right. had to have helped him to kind of balance out with steven there even though they may not realize he's dead but they realize somebody could have helped him because how the you know how, how, how the heck is he going out of that hole by himself because not even sawyer michael or jen could get out of that hole by themselves so they had to know somebody had to help him get out of there and obviously you know bernard isn't going to do it because bernard that strong. Libby's not going to do it. Um, Cindy maybe could have. Um, she knows Echo's not going to kill anybody because Echo's taking this 40-day vow of silence and tries not to kill anybody. So well, the Echo could have just I let him could've... go. Echo could have huh? just, just let him go. But That's we, true. We did, yeah, we did find out that Echo would at least help you know, give him food, you know, he snuck him the, the banana mm-hmm. and stuff. So it wouldn't certainly wouldn't have been beyond Echo to, to help him. Well, I think you could jock this up to Anna Lucia basically as a, as I don't know if she ever is a detective or I think this is just kind of like police, like instinct, you know, like when you can read, you know, it, it, okay. In like a detective right. movie when they, they have a, you know, they have a distinct idea of who the sus like of, of a certain suspect and then when a new piece of evidence comes, like suddenly they have an epiphany and like all the other pieces make sense. And they're suddenly like, oh, it was my partner the whole time. You know, it was whoever the whole time. So I think this is, is in some ways one of those moments, except they don't show it. Once he gets out, she realizes, OK, there's something I have not read correctly. Uh, either he's able to escape on his own, which is insane, or somebody helped him. But who would help it? Like, I think she's able to read all of the people that she like is close with, Echo, Libby, all the Bernard, and realize there's no reason, there's no way any of those people would let him out and not tell me. And for some reason, Goodwin is the one she's unsure of, just her ability to read people. And apparently, Goodwin and uh, others in general are great liars, but it only lasts, you know, so long. Eventually. And then, you know, she maybe she's like beginning to question things. And so she starts like kind of going scrubbing through all of her memory memories. And that's when she thinks of Goodwin um, and when they first met, because it's it's obvious when you've already seen it. You see him run out of the jungle, clearly. And I was watching closely. Yeah, his clothing is completely dry and he's wearing that type of white shirt that later you can tell how wet it is because he's super sweaty and that's just sweat. And you're like, obviously he's bone dry when he comes to, to get her. And then he catches, he gets caught in a lie because he should have said, Oh, you know, I was on a seat that flew into the jungle, like Bernard, you know, something like that. But instead he says, Oh no, I was in the water with the rest of you. And from then, from that point, you know, he's screwed. I mean, he, you can tell in his face, he knows that he's been caught. I, I kind of like that part too, where you could see he, you know, during that conversation, he kind of like sets up once he, once he realizes that Anna Lucia knows who he is, he kind of like his posture change. He sets up almost like he's getting ready to, to fight. Like he knows what's coming and you can, you can really, I thought the act, the actor did a really good job in that, in that moment of, you know, just, you could, you could tell when, when he knew. And the physical moments between him and Anna Lucia, and like you said, the eye contact between those two in that moment, like you could see them both prepping for that fight. Like they knew it, it was about to go down. Um, so that was that. That was I agree, Steve. I thought that was really good. 
Steven, did you have anything else that you thought about in this episode that you kind of pointed out? Well, yeah, the, um, just, I mean, even in the same scene there with the knife, um, where do we think this knife came from? Um, I, you know, obviously there's the army presence on the Island. We learn in the, in the fifties, I believe. So I thought it was interesting when Anna Lucia said that, you know, they haven't been using about 20 years, kind of, I actually originally had thought that it was going to be older than that. Um, so, I mean, it doesn't mean they haven't had that stamp in 20 years. It doesn't mean it wasn't much older than that. Where do, where do we think this knife, you know, came from? Well, I think our first instinct when you see that, and, you know, having watched the whole show, you think, oh, season five, you know, you think uh, the yeah. the 50s. Jughead. When yeah, Jughead, Jughead. those, uh, when that kind of generation of um, of the U.S. military was there. But, of course, that doesn't line up to the... Um, you know, prediction that Anna Lucia gives of it being 20 years old. What do you, I think, you know, my thought is obviously they probably thought of that. They, they knew this line existed when they planned out season five and they didn't, they didn't have it be in other times, but this, this could have gotten there presumably from some other of another, other, the other, other, any <laughs> sort of other that joined the Island or a uh, member of the Dharma Initiative definitely is a high possibility. Anybody in the in the Dharma Initiative that was once in the army or just had the army knife from, you know, their their dad or something like that in the seventies. That that well, was probably where know, it came from. We also know that the island moved through time, and we'll get to that later on. So possibly, even though that maybe. Maybe it did happen in the 50s, but the knife ended up somehow in the 80s um, through a through a time jump or something. It ended up in the 80s, and that's why it didn't look very old because it was on somebody's uh, person at the time. So, I, again, I, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to it. But, yeah, the, the, the Army knife was interesting because oh, it did bring up, you know, Jughead, Season 5, all those goodies. So... I I think that Goodwin gives us in the and the, the the army knife and Goodwin give us a better sense of like who the others are than say Ethan. Like Ethan was such a whack job, just like such a weirdo. And then like people barefoot walking around, you don't quite get it. And then I think Goodwin, he's kind of a, in the middle where he that he's not completely primitive, but he knows how to survive. He knows all, knows all this stuff that others seem to know, but he's not like wild jungle boy, you know, or at barefoot. I don't know. He, he, to me, he fits up better. He fits well with what our retrospective of the others really is, you know, looking, looking back, like they kind of are this wild people, but they also live, they do have some civilization that they live in, in one area. Then they also have like the temple. And so it, there's different factions of others. But I think this is a fun one to look back at, like, you know, when you're when you're looking at the whole thing. And he, even his little comment about the Peace Corps, I think, kind of goes with that. You know, Peace Corps isn't, you know, I'm surprised that anybody your age even knows what it is. Kind of gives him that, you know, a little bit from a different time feel to him. Yeah. Okay. Um, of course, we get the 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 Aero Dharma station, so we're getting multiple stations now. Um, 
we're starting to learn that there are more than one other than the hatch. So that was an interesting one. Of course, this is the only time we're actually going to see the aero station. Um, it's pretty much a useless, inoperable station now. Um, it was funny to see the glass eye and, uh, and, and whatnot, knowing where that's going to go. So we do see the Aerodharma station. That was cool. Uh, we learned that the pilot had turned back and flew for two hours in the wrong direction. Yeah, that's another big um, piece of lost lore you need, that you need to know to understand the crash and the dynamics of how everything happened. Right. Um, let's see. Uh, I, I do think that one of... Okay, so I'm going to say, cause this is kind of like my last moment I really found on this show, on this episode that I really pulled out. The moment where Ana Lucia goes down to the river and she starts crying um and then and then echo shows up and he just kind of stares at her for a second and then he says you know then he starts talking to her and she says oh so now you want to talk and after she she's just like after 40 days now you want to speak and he looks at her and just says it took you 40 days to cry you know so echo took him 40 days because he killed somebody it took i don't see a 40 days to cry and deal with the stress any emotion of what's going on in her life right now and actually face to face her reality of losing people and crash landing and that kind of thing and then she just falls in his arms and he just embraces her and holds her and lets her cry that to me is one of the absolute best moments of the series but that's just me. I really wish we would have had more Echo and Anna um, scenes like that. But that river moment was absolutely just one, one of the highlights to me of the series. Yeah, yeah I think it's beautiful. Absolutely. So that, that, that is a great relationship. And it's built off of, of this trust that's developed from that very first moment where they where they're swimming out of the water and uh Ana lucia is saving people and so is echo it's like the two of them are pulling everyone out and uh i think Ana lucia um what's what's her name emma the the kid uh does cpr on her and yeah there's this like great bond that's built also between libby as well but uh especially especially those two and then you know, once you've been attacked, like that really bonds people together, too. And it's interesting oh, yeah. that Echo Echo takes this vow of silence and it shows that this is a different type of character, a different type of guy, that he has the self-control that he can just decide not to talk. And he's OK with not inputting his opinion in every decision and just following Anna's lead. And of course, this type of thing only works when you have an episode like this where 40 days goes by because it's not conducive to television to have a, a, a character to go on a vow of silence if they're going to go, uh, you know, 40 days of in silence. So it works really well in this episode that you can do that. That being said, I always, even when I watch this episode now, I love Echo so much. I don't like that you have to go 20, 25 minutes without him speaking at all. But once he, when he finally does on day 41 or 42, whatever it is, um, have that moment with Ana Lucia, it is uh, such a touching episode, such a touching moment. I, I also really like the moment at the creek when 
it's really tense when uh, Nathan and Ana Lucia argue a little bit. You know, they've they've just retreated from the beach, even though Nathan didn't want to. And and he suggests they just stay at the creek where they are. And that's where they they start to dig the hole and everything. And they they decide to stay there. I think that is a interesting sequence. Like they really this episode has this sort of tension that's different than every other episode, partially because we know bad stuff does happen. Like we know these people aren't around in the future. We also know our favorite of these characters is still going to be alive. We know where they end up, but uh, it's, it's a different, I mean, it's, it's almost, there's like a horror quality and a whodunit quality to it that we don't get as, as much in other episodes. Right. What do you, do you guys want to talk about the pit? Do we, I mean, this is, this is our farewell to the pit. The pit was great with with Sawyer and and Michael and Jin but this is this is a little more intense like this is not as um like there's some funny moments before this is definitely not as lighthearted because you feel like you know that this guy we well, don't know but you think you rewatching it we know he's innocent and right the fact that she's willing to cut his finger off it's sad just seeing you know how far Ana Lucia has been pushed to the point where she's willing to do these things and it's not it's not that crazy because the same type of stuff happens with the other group of survivors. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. It might have been around the same time that Saeed was putting bamboo shoots under Sawyer's finger fingernails. <laughs> good then the good old days. Uh, you know, I mean, by Pitt. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I didn't. Yeah, what do you guys I don't, think about Ana Lucia going this this far? Like, what do you th- of her doing this? I think somebody else should have stepped in and dealt dealt with her because I think she had taken it too far. Well, I I think Anna. I mean, I think it is interesting that Mister Echo is the only person that that Anna really will listen to. I mean. She pretty much, you know, she she takes a leadership role, and the only person she defers to ever is Mister Echo. I mean, no matter what anybody you know else tries to tries to reason with her and talk to her, um, she yeah, I mean, she she got to a you know pretty dark place, but it was through her effort to keep all these people alive. You know, she kind of took on that burden, you know, kind of like Jack did on with the main the main survivors um yeah i i agree i again i you know it goes back to that to that thought of i wish we had more echo and honest scenes because i think they i think they played so well on each other for counterbalancing because we know we okay so so we know what echo's background is but when you when you really think about those two characters, you think Anna Lucia is this um, she fly off the handle, rides her emotions, kind of a kind of a leader. So the counterbalance would be the, would be somebody who is silent, somebody who um, somebody who thinks before they act, and that's Echo. And I think they had they had a great yin yang personality <laughs> going on there you know man in black and whatnot but i think they yeah. had a good yin yang feel going on i again i i hated that we 
we don't get any echo after this season. Um, and then obviously we don't get any Anna after the season. They both kind of kicked the bucket. I think that that is almost where I'm kind of bothered by Lost a little bit is that they decided to get rid of those two characters in the season and didn't continue with. I mean, the only. So I'm trying to think of the long, the last, the only Taylor to ever make it through was Bernard, but that's because he worked for Dharma Initiative, so he obviously had a free pass. Well, you could say Cindy does make it, <laughs> though very brief. She is around, and presumably she stays with the others, right, on on the island. So we get an unclear resolution for her, and the kids as well. I mean, as far as we know, the kids made it made it through correct if i recall yeah they're they're still around they're in season six they're at the temple and then they leave with cindy and the other uh temple survivors well well i but but i I have always with you mike (laughs) I, i have always said that my my biggest what if on lost is what if um Adewale had not asked to be, you know, written off the show. He, you know, he wanted out of Hawaii. I, I believe he, his parents were, uh, you know, going through some stuff and he, you know, he has to be off the show. And if our, the creators had said that they had a, a you know, a, an end game plan for Mr. Echo, they planned on him being around a lot longer. And I, like I would love to know what that was, you know, uh, to me, that's one of my biggest what ifs of the show is, I mean, Mr. Echo is probably my favorite character and I definitely wish we could have got more of him. And I think that I wish we had more on Lucia. I do think that their plan with Michelle Rodriguez from the beginning was for her to just do one season. I don't know if that was that she wanted to do that or I don't want to miss um, misstate this here, but I, I think that she just wanted to do one, but it's for, perhaps she would have been open to it had the writers changed their mind, but I think that was like the game plan from the beginning. We're going to bring you on as this other character for, for one season. So and She's a movie star. Know, oh, yeah, she was doing like Fast and Furious, so she, she was busy, but so I do know that the character who played Mr. Echo, of course, he, he, he died and began like really early in season three. Um, they originally, you know, Damon Lindelof originally said that his plan was to have Echo go at least four seasons through season five um, to to give him a, a long one. But really, the reason he wanted he wanted to leave Lost because he hated living in Hawaii um, yeah. and he wanted to go back to England. Um, so the. And then he never showed up for the series finale because him and the report and the producers cannot agree on money to have him show up in the finale. It came down to a um, uh, a money issue for that one. So I hated that he he hated Hawaii and couldn't stay with the show. Um, it'd have been nice to see um, see him stay longer. But as far as Anna Lucia goes. Um, I'm trying to think that because so I don't know about Michelle Rodriguez as to why she left the show. Well, it, it, there remember there was the um, her and Libby, um, the actress, they both got a DUI, and you know the story is that that's kind of what led to them being written off the show. 
was the uh, the DUI that they both got in Hawaii. Well, I, th- I think, um, the, yeah, there's a lot of stories about there's a handful of, of lost characters that all ha- that got DUIs. But I think that the creators, I think they would have let people stay on um, regardless of that. I don't think that's completely the reasoning, but that's definitely part of it and definitely part of the rumors. But I, I do think that Michelle, the plan for Michelle Rodriguez was for her to just do a season because I and I believe that the the actress I forget her name that played Libby, I think that she was actually the one that was more um, openly mad about being killed because, in her defense too, arguably the scene you don't need to kill two people um, in two for the road though it sounds good. I mean it would be almost as shocking if just one person was killed, one person and then maybe a log carrying folk that was walking in to do laundry. <laughs> Instead of a laundry, a laundry carrying person. Um, but uh, no, obviously, uh, Libby is not as versatile fit like in the action oriented action part of the show. I think that, you know, I hate to say I love I love Lost, but you, you do know, notice that the characters that can work with action sequences and guns and, you know, flying around like they're going to be easier to incorporate in the full plot. Um, you know, Hurley is an exception, but he can drive a van. But like Claire, she's one of those characters, like why did she get kind of written off for a while? Well, you know, she's not an action-oriented character. So Rosa Bernard, um, it's not always true. I mean, Sun is not really an action character, but she she can mess around with a gun when she has to. But it just it right. seems like, if any of those characters could have laughed, you think on Lucia, she is a cop and she has this anger issue. Like she could be great drama because she could like, you don't know what she's going to do. She could fly off the cuff and be on, you know, Jack's side or Locke's side or whoever. Right. I don't know, but we got, we got them for a while. So we'll at least have echo and Ana Lucia for just a little bit. So we'll, we'll, uh, We'll enjoy them while we got them. Anything well, else about this episode? I, I think it's a beautifully filmed episode. I think that the opening yeah. sequ- sequence is great. We have that amazing uh, CGI shot of the plane breaking apart and flying down, you know, cleverly with the seat that, you know, hits the camera, quote unquote, and, and uh, uh, you know, cuts it to Lost, uh, the title. And then I just I just think they do a great job of making this intense and entertaining. And if you're going to do another backstory of the other group, make it completely different, make the stakes high. And that's exactly what they did. People die. People are stolen and like nine people being taken on the, the second time. And you've got a little a mystery and you've got the plant for Goodwin even though it's just a simple backstory for these, you know, five or so characters, it, it does a lot to add into the um, kind of lost history of, you know, when you're, when you're looking back at the others and what people were doing on the Island. And so I, I think in that way, it does a really good job because this is definitely an episode where you could have had a lot of disappointment. Think about in season six, when they do the across the sea, it's another episode. It's chronological. It's a full backstory. Characters you don't know very well. That episode not really, uh, not really well received. People don't look back at it fondly. But this, 
a lot of people consider this a top 10 greatest uh, loss episode of all time. They really do. I don't know if I would go that far, but I do think that is it has grown on me more and more over over time because it's a really it's a really fun rewatchable episode. This is like a solo episode you can just hit like easily anytime. And then Steven said it's also it is part of kind of like a three parter because like the we get like the conclusion next week with uh, collision about Anna Lucia. So you get a lot about the Tailies in a in a short period of time here. Right. Did you I guys like think it's that highly? You think it's like that level? I don't think it is to me. It's a good episode, but it's not that high to me. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's probably also when you mentioned across the sea. I th- I think the biggest problem with across the sea is where it was located. You know, when you only have you know a handful of episodes left of the show, whereas this was early part of season two when the show was conceivably going to be going on for, you know, a long time. So you don't have that problem of, Hey, we're missing out on something by giving us this story. This backstory was well received because, you know, we wanted to learn more about these characters as opposed to brand new characters with, you know, two episodes to go of the show. So I, I think it's just that, while yeah, while the format is the same, I think the circumstances couldn't be more different for those two kind of episodes. Yeah, and this this episode has its fun moments. It's not all about just feeding us information like that episode was. It has, I think, each character has a great introduction. Obviously, we already talked about Ana Lucia and Echo being out in the ocean right away, and then we get Libby's introduction when she sets the the broken leg which is hilarious and it's like a great way to show uh, what this woman is about. And uh, then you get the uh, really cool, memorable introduction of Bernard in the tree in Goodwin. And, and like, I would say that's like the core of the characters that matter. Cindy is like the side character, but, but that group um, of what is that five people, um, including Goodwin are, are definitely going to be, important in the show moving forward. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, Stephen, Corey, y'all have anything else before we uh, head toward the end of this, before we try to land this plane? <laughs> See what I did there? Um, I don't know. I feel like, is there any other important moment? Oh, the one other thing. <laughs> I actually love that it sounds grotesque, but I love that uh, Goodwin gets impaled the way he does because <laughs> they have created so many of those dang stick weapons. I think the other group made some as well. There's, I mean, the ones that look like a hockey puck, I don't know how those really work. There's the Jesus stick that obviously is effective because Echo beats the, the living crap out of uh, um, Jin and... Sawyer and Michael with it, but they have all these little funny sticks that you never actually see them in action and really work that well besides the Jesus stick. So I was happy to see that you could actually kill someone with that, <laughs> that spear thing. But I actually, I was looking at it. I think the only way this tool is going to be that effective is if you're in the situation where you're laying on the ground and someone is jumping up, up in the air at you. <laughs> Otherwise I don't know if it's really going <laughs> to totally impale them. But in that one scenario, it is a deadly, deadly weapon. 
Oh, I'm just glad finally somebody. This is gonna sound bad too. I'm just glad finally somebody died from a <laughs> stick weapon. <laughs> That's bad. Now, do you guys know about the fan theory that Goodwin is actually a vampire? And that's okay. I've not heard this one. Well, I mean, that's the only reason he's able to die by this wooden stake is because he was a vampire. Oh my goodness! That's all I got. There's the. I mean, that's about as like <laughs> a big of a fan theory and so outrageous as like Locke not getting possessed by the smoke monster <laughs> early in season one. Hey. I mean, just. <laughs> I mean, if they can do time travel, if they can do a fake alternate universe, people thought aliens could happen. Why not a vampire? Might as well. Steven, anything for you, man? No, I, I, I mean, I think, I think we pretty much covered it, covered it all there. All right. Well, let's go into some uh, in memoriam, some people who have left us and will no longer be left on the episode, and we'll never see them being lost. Uh, first up, our Taylor Nathan. So long, Nathan. We, we, we salute you. Uh, Taylor version of Sawyer. Uh, Goodwin, gone, impaled um, by wooden stakes. So glad we got rid of that vampire. Um, by Goodwin. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he maybe, maybe he wasn't that good of a guy. I'm starting to remember him cheating on his wife and everything, but uh, I don't want me to, I don't want <laughs> Juliet podcast to hold me defending uh, <laughs> Goodwin as a great man. <laughs> oh my! Oh, let's see. And then the beach chicken. We're sorry to the chicken on the beach that did not make it because Goodwin. He put the up a good that. fight. He. He did. He, it was, it was about fight. twelve on one, and he really tried. <laughs> was that a was that scene? Was that scene foreshadowing that later he would snap the neck of Nathan? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. <laughs> oh, that's so. Awesome. You call Nathan a chicken? <laughs> I guess. So. Oh. oh, and, and then, then the two others that Echo killed with a rock, and then when that Anna Anna Lucia killed with a rock too. I really, yeah, I really wanted us to bring up these others. Yeah, I felt the one, the, the woman that she kills, that was that was kind of brutal. Um, yeah, yeah, but I guess you know, self defense. What can you say? Goodwin doesn't movie. really seem to be that beat up about it. So, no, <laughs> this whole episode gave a whole new meaning to sticks and stones may break. The bone. <laughs> so, <laughs> it, it really well. Uh, and then also a small shout out to also. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing, but all the other people that died in the plane crash, rest in peace. You know, the, yes. the floaters, the floaters that the Echo picks floaters. up. The floaters, wow. We're just going to start labeling people as, oh, you are you were a floater? Yeah, I floated and lost. What's up? <laughs> Sorry to all the Broken floaters. leg guy. So, the what? Oh, yeah, broken, broken leg guy. Broken leg guy. Yeah, that ski trip story really helped him heal, Libby. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Steven, give me your uh, give me 15 to 16 seconds overall thoughts on this episode, man. Um, I, I really enjoyed the fact that we did the cold open on this episode. The, you know, the just beautiful shot of the followed by the plane coming in really was a great way to start the episode. Um, I thought 
I, we learned a lot about the tailies. We got a lot of Mr. Echo, which is always a good thing. Um, it's a real solid episode. Awesome. Corey, how about you, bud? Yeah, I think this is a uh, beautifully done episode that is unique to Lost, gives us a um, linear tale of um, some really interesting new characters, and it does a great job of uh, raising the stakes. Even though we know most of them aren't going to die, it makes it really intense, especially with adding the uh, Nathan versus Goodwin um, dichotomy there. You know that one of them has got to be bad. So that was an interesting twist. And yeah, I, th- I just think it's a really another classic example of Lost being able to make you fall in love with characters in one episode, which they yeah. do this all the time. So yeah, really well done episode. Always, this is, this is very mem- a very memorable one. I agree with you guys. I think it was a good episode. Um, and, you know, it's not it's not one of my it's not one of my favorites, um, but uh, but it's it's definitely a good episode. It was nice to see a different perspective of what was going on with the Tailies. Um, so and introduces some really good cool characters that are, you know, my, my favorite characters, you know, throughout the show, you know, Echo being one. I, I really loved Echo. I really hated we didn't get more of him. But um, anyways. All right, so let's rate this thing. Uh, one out of twenty-three plucky chickens. So let's let's do this. Uh, I'm I just give this one twenty-one out of twenty-three plucky chickens. Corey, how about you, man? I'm gonna go a little bit higher. Give it a twenty-two out of twenty-three plucky chickens. And I must say, I uh, I was o- almost gonna give it twenty-three, and then. I watched that stupid montage part at the end with the drum beat, which is actually kind of a cool song if you're listening to the the soundtracks. But I just found this part it really annoying where they're like having them go through the jungle. And it's like, bum, 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 bum. But I do like the very end scene when Anne Lucia is like looking around and she shoots Shannon. You actually kind of understand like how that mistake happened because the whispers were going on. Um, but not to go off on a tangent. I just I can't stand that little montage, so it dropped it down one one point twenty two out of twenty three. Wow, really? I actually yeah. like that montage. Okay, okay. Uh, all right, Corey. So uh, you have anything for us in the oh, end wait. here? What about what about Stephen? Stephen gave his yeah. plucky chicken. No, Stephen <laughs> didn't give plucky chicken. Stephen, how many? Yeah. I'm sorry, Stephen. How many plucky chickens do you give this? I also gave it 21 out of 23 plucky chickens. Um, yeah, I thought it was a real good episode. Um, yeah, not not perfect, but pretty good. Not perfect. Man, not, perfect not a perfect score. Not a perfect score. Everything has to be perfect, huh? <laughs> no, That's right. We, we rate this all very high. Um, we do. Okay, Anything- so... There's only a few episodes that are probably going to get rated like extremely low, and uh, we'll, we'll get to those um, when it <laughs> when we get closer because we I, know what they are. Yeah, I think I think next week's will be interesting because I think it's one of those where you could go high and you could go low depending on the person. So mm. on on Lucia's episode. So, anyways. But uh, for this episode, let's let's finish off the discussion here with a little Sawyer's 
name dictionary, which was limited to a few, because uh, Sawyer's just uh, unconscious the whole episode. So there's nothing. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, but, <laughs> Sawyer. You failed on the one job that you had. Sawyer should be able to give nicknames even when he's unconscious. So uh, that's too bad. Uh, so we have a few pop culture connections, which, <laughs> sorry, laughing that these are pop culture. Uh, but uh, first up, uh, you may have heard of it the Bible. Uh, a holy Bible is found inside the arrow. And. <laughs> Nothing more pop culture than the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) I know. You know what? It is probably the most referenced book out there. So, uh, but we have, uh, this will be significant because Echo takes possession of this Bible and it's, you know, old and very, you know, it has a distinct look to it. And I think he's going to hold on to this for the rest of the season. And we also have a reference to, uh, the Temptation of Christ, which is pretty explicit if you have um, are familiar with the Bible. Uh, Mr. Echo spent 40 days on a fast from speaking. Uh, some may call it a vow of silence, uh, just as Jesus spent 40 days on a fast from eating. This is, of course, before the crucifixion, also known as Lent uh, in some practices where you do the 40 days of whatever. So, yeah, obviously— uh, Echo is referencing that, though I think, doesn't he also say something about like 20 days for each person he killed? Or, I don't know. He, he explains this more, I think, a little bit later in a different episode. Yeah. yeah, he does it later. I don't think he did it in this one. Yeah, I think when he's talking to John or Charlie or something, he he talks about this more. But yeah. anyways, that is it for our pop culture references. And next episode, uh, we'll be getting a little more Anna Lucia with the uh, episode Collision coming up next. Dum, dum, dum. Yeah, the, once you said that, Stephen, I keep thinking about it. It really is kind of a trilogy of Shannon's episode, then this, epi- this episode, and then you know, we, we get the we finally get to see Shannon put to rest, or, or at least her body moved. <laughs> From being in the same spot in the next episode. And magically stop raining. <laughs> right after she dies, the rain stops. So, all right. Well, in closing, guys, listen, follow us uh, Follow us everywhere. Um, you can follow the main network at RetroZapped. You can follow our Twitter account at Lost Rewatch Pod. Um, you can follow our Instagram at Previously on Lost Podcast. We're on Facebook, so just go to facebook.com slash previously on lost. Um, you can find me at uh, – at, I actually get a new uh, Twitter, so I'm at the DC Mike. Check that out. And um, you can find Steven. Where at, man? I am on Twitter at Lucky13Steve. Sweet. And Corey, what about you? You guys can find me on Twitter at OriginalMav. And definitely reach out to have uh, made it a concerted effort to be a little more active on our different social media uh, platforms. So hit us up there or on our, our uh, personal ones. And uh, we'd love to talk lost. If you have any questions about episodes that have already that we've you know, put up 
or if you're watching season two and you have a, a, a comment or a question about a upcoming episode that you know we're going to do, feel free to throw that in there. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll bring up the topics in the next podcast. Oh, if we oh, remember speaking of topic. Oh, speaking of topic before we go, I forgot to do this. Uh, we were talking about, I put a poll up on our Twitter, uh, who is your favorite Taylor between Ana Lucia, Bernard, Mr. Echo, and Libby? And the number one favorite Taylor with 56% of the vote is Mr. Echo, followed nice. by Bernard at 22, and Ana Lucia and Libby are tied at 11. So. Not surprised by that. Echo's a great character. I thought but Bernard it- was more love. You know, Bernard, he's like a Coke. He's like he him and Rose are like one care one character in a way. I mean, they're not really, but people think I mean, of them I as get a pair. It. So it's yeah, I like yeah. that they all got a little love though, because I think they're all good characters. Um, and I think Libby gets the least amount of love, but but who actually makes it to the church in the end of all the people in the finale? <laughs> It's only Libby. Oh, I guess I guess Bernard too. Bernard and Libby do, not the others. Her her contract demands must not have been as as high as Mr. Echoes. That's well, and, true. And uh, you know, she she started dating Hurley in the afterlife. So yeah. So hey, it's been good, guys. Yeah, definitely check us out on social media and uh, reach out to us as well. It'd be it's going to be awesome. So and go to retrosup.com for anything else uh, that you uh, that you may need. So until next time, guys, it's been previously on Lost, and we'll see what happens in the next episode of Collision. Peace out, everybody. Peace out. Bye. Have a good one.